Hey friends, thank you for tuning in today. We have a treat for you today because it's our Christmas Eve service and we are so glad you're here. Hey, we have a lot of things going on at Christ Community Church, so be sure to head over to our website. It is cccgreeley.org. Um, you can go to our upcoming page. We've got really cool things on there that are upcoming. Mm -hmm. um, we also have groups that you can get involved in. Um, but as for today, this is our Christmas Eve service. It's going to be a little bit different, so be sure to stay on after Alan's teaching. There's a really cool video um, that they've put together. Very much an experience today. So we hope you enjoy the message. Hey, Christ community, Merry Christmas to all of you. I am so glad that you are here and that we are gathered together on this very special occasion. A few weeks ago, I took my son Josh to the Zoe's Barista Appreciation Christmas Party. Josh serves as a volunteer at Zoe's on Wednesdays, and so he was invited to this party. Now, as many of you know, um, Josh is our 22-year-old son who has some special needs as it relates to cognition and verbal communication. But having said that, Josh also has some areas in which he is unique uniquely and incredibly gifted. And one of those was on display that evening. So before the event, all the volunteers were asked to vote on which Christmas movie they wanted to watch that night at the Crest. And the winner was a movie that Josh and I had not seen, uh, The Polar Express. I maybe had seen it, but it slept through most of it. So it was basically new to me. So we get into the theater and Josh definitely didn't want to sit with me. Um, and so I went up to the back row and I'm just kind of watching him as He's inviting people over to sit with him and all that. As the movie started, I thought to myself, because I'm at the back watching this, I thought to myself, this, this, should be, this could be really interesting because no one in this theater has ever watched a movie with Josh. See, Josh has this beautiful capacity and freedom to fully engage in whatever story he is watching. So when Tom Hanks' character asks the little boy, where is your ticket? Josh is loudly repeating the question. And through the whole movie, he is adding his comments and emotional responses to everything that's happening. And I could tell it was sort of contagious. So that by the end of the movie, when the little boy opens the present and gets his lost Christmas bell... Joshua's arms just raise in triumph and so do the arms of everyone else sitting around him as well. After the movie, someone said to me, I want to watch more movies with Josh. Um, another person told me, seeing him respond to this movie brought me to tears. See, Josh has this amazing ability that most of us grow out of as adults, this childlike gift of being able to place ourselves in a story. Joshua's whole being is immersed in all that's happening on the screen. It's like the story becomes real to him. He is caught up in the wonder of it. Now, earlier we read the Christmas story from Luke chapter two, a story that many of us are familiar with. And maybe like seeing a holiday movie for the 16th time, it, it's a story that can start to become sort of ho-hum, almost too familiar but I wonder what would happen if we intentionally tried to place ourselves in this story the way that Josh does with movies, to let our hearts find themselves in this story. See, the Christmas story is about experiencing something. It's about so much more than a holiday movie. It is a story that actually happened. 
a story in which God invites us into the plot line so that we can experience Jesus in our everyday lives, including the challenging situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. So I want to take a few minutes here and invite each one of us to find ourselves in places in this story and to let that move us to respond. I think of Mary and Joseph who are making this trip to Bethlehem, not because they want to. I mean, who in their right mind is going to travel on a donkey when they're nine months pregnant? I mean, no OBGYN doc is going to sign off on that. They are traveling because the Roman emperor in some palace thousands of miles away made a decision to take a census. Why? as a way to increase his ability to get more taxes from people in order to better fund his luxurious lifestyle. Here is this Roman emperor being pampered in his palace, making self-centered decisions without any regard for how those decisions impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. Mary and Joseph were just two of those people. They didn't want to be traveling. They didn't want to give birth in a different place than their home. This isn't where they wanted to be for this very special occasion, the birth of their first child, and yet it's where they were. Now, what they didn't understand was this self-centered emperor's decision that negatively impacted and inconvenienced their lives. That that, That emperor's decision was actually a part of a bigger plan that the God of the universe was orchestrating. Centuries earlier, God had moved the prophet Micah to declare that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So God had to figure out a way, some way, to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. And he used a greedy, narcissistic emperor to do his bidding. See, from from our vantage point, we can see how all of this is a part of God's plan, but, but from Mary and Joseph's vantage point, they didn't understand that. I can't imagine how frustrating this must have been for Mary and Joseph. This was not how Joseph wanted to care for his pregnant wife, but he had no choice. Circumstances and decisions that were beyond his control were driving his reality. However, God was still at work. You know, maybe you find yourself in a situation that you didn't ask for or that perhaps is the result of someone else's selfishness or greed or evil. Maybe something precious or important has been taken away from you and you find yourself on a journey that you don't want to be on. All you can see is how other people's decisions and choices are impacting you in a negative way. And it stirs up all sorts of frustration, just like with Mary and Joseph. I invite you to place yourself in this story and to realize that God sees you in your current situation and he is still at work. He is still orchestrating a plan. He may even be giving birth to something beautiful in you that will result in blessings beyond what you can imagine, but you don't see it right now. And that's okay. I think the only way Joseph and Mary could have made that journey was to keep reminding themselves that God had called them and that he loved them and that he had a plan for them. And maybe you need to be reminded of that today as well.
So Mary and Joseph, weary from the journey, get to Bethlehem and they start looking for a place to stay. It's hard to imagine a world without Expedia and Priceline and Airbnb, but that was their situation. No possible way to make a reservation ahead of time. And Bethlehem was not a huge town. And not only that, there were lots of other people in Bethlehem that time of year. I mean, in that time because of of looking for a place to stay because of the census. All the out-of-towners were there as well. I mean, if I were Joseph, I would have been so stressed the whole trip, wondering if there was going to be a place for us to stay. I mean, that's just the way my brain works. I want to have a plan. I want to know where we're staying. Right? Will there be enough room for us? So when he arrived at the inn where he was hoping there would be room, the answer was no. No vacancy. Can you imagine how stressful this would have been? Mary is about to have a baby and there is no room for them in the place where Joseph had intended them to stay. There were no hospitals or birthing center options around. So what will they do? They're in a place of desperate need. Can any of you relate? Maybe you find yourself in a situation where all you've experienced recently are closed doors. It looks like there is not enough to provide what you need. But what if your perspective is too narrow? What if God is inviting you to think outside the box and to look for another solution? There was no room for them in the end. So Joseph looked for an outside-the-box solution, and God provided a stable with a manger, which was basically a feeding trough for animals so they could place the baby Jesus there. Was this what Mary and Joseph had wanted as the location of this this birth? Uh, Probably not. But was it enough? Was it adequate for what they needed? Absolutely. I wonder sometimes if in our consumeristic culture, we set our hearts on things we want and we lose sight of what we actually need. God promises to provide for our needs. He urges us to seek first his kingdom and everything we need will be given to us as well. He provided what Mary and Joseph needed. Was it the Hilton? No, but it was what they needed. As Mary and Joseph were there in that stable, they could have been thinking to themselves, are you serious? I mean, we deserve to be in in so much of a better place than this. But I'm guessing that all they could focus on was Jesus, their newborn baby, and all that his birth and life represented. You see, the same decision is ours as well. In seasons of need, in seasons of lack, Where's our focus? Is it on what we don't have or what we do have? Are we cultivating grumbling or gratitude? Are we looking to God to provide what we need and to be being content with that? I mean, when when we focus on what we don't have, it means we're not looking at Jesus and the treasure that he is in our lives. As we enter into the story of Mary and Joseph, God is inviting us into an experience of beautiful contentment so that we actually focus our hearts on what truly matters, the treasure of Jesus in our lives. God with us, Emmanuel. So once the baby is born, 
Luke tells us about this group of people outside the city of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds who in terms of social standing and economic standing, they were pretty much near the bottom. I mean, shepherds were, were kind of viewed as being dirty outcasts, not welcomed into places of influence or into the elite religious circles like the priests just a few miles away in Jerusalem. But here's what's so amazing. Of all the people to whom God could have chosen to share the good news of Jesus' birth, he chose, God chose to go to this group of shepherds, these outcasts, and he shares with them the news of Jesus' birth. We see here God's amazing heart and purpose in sending Jesus. Jesus didn't didn't simply come for those who have their act together. He came for everyone. He came for everyone. He came for the broken, the the hurting, for those who feel like outsiders, for those who feel unworthy, unacceptable, to those who feel light years from God because of things you've done or things that have been done to you. So I want to invite you to place yourself in this story and hear God's announcement as if it is directed to you because it is. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A savior has been born to you. Jesus is God's gift to you. Now, when a gift is given, the recipient doesn't have to do anything except receive the gift. See, if you feel unworthy of God's love, if you feel miles from him, if you feel like a religious outsider, God is pursuing you and offering you the gift of his son, Jesus, who has come to save us from our sin and to bring restoration to those things in us that are broken, those places where we feel anxious, ashamed, or unlovable. Jesus came to earth, died on the cross for our sins, and rose from the dead to restore us to life. He is God's gift to you. The question is, will you receive this gift? Will you place yourself in this story and receive the gift of Jesus' love and life? The story of Jesus' birth is real. It's real. The question is, how are we choosing to engage this story? Like a movie that we've seen dozens of times and we observe from a place of disconnected familiarity or with childlike wonder, letting our hearts be caught up in this incredible story, choosing to trust that God is at work when our circumstances don't give any indication of that, choosing to focus our hearts on our true treasure in the person of Jesus rather than on what we don't have, choosing to say yes to the gift of Jesus, opening our hearts to receive his love and his life. Where do you find yourself in this story? 
Let's pray. So I want to invite you as you're thinking and placing yourself in this story. I want to invite you to do just that. Maybe you're in circumstances where God is inviting you to trust that he is at work even when you don't see it. Maybe it's in a place of need of even physical, financial provision or some other provision. And God is inviting you to focus on him as the ultimate treasure and the one who promises to provide all that you need. Or maybe like the shepherds, to place yourself in the story is to realize that Jesus has been given to you. If you have never opened your heart to receive the gift of Jesus and his life, I invite you to do that right now. Just pray with me in the silence of your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth for me. Thank you for giving your life on the cross for my sin and rising from the dead to give me life. And I choose to place my trust in you. I open my heart to receive you and the fullness of your forgiveness and the fullness of your presence. Change me from the inside out through the power of your love. So God, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer, help them grow in their relationship with you. For all of us, God, help us place ourselves in this amazing story and to walk with you in the midst of it, knowing that you are walking with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I am a weary traveler whose path has been charted in a planned birth before the ages. One generation will praise his works to another. I travel this well-worn path for such a time as this. My part in the story keeps me moving forward, enlarged with expectancy, longing for salvation. Having received the baton of faith, I prepare to hand it off. I am a census taker, rigid and law-abiding. There are rules to be kept, and rigid religion. The self-righteousness in me keeps records and judges motives, questions God, throws stones. Then grace is born, and the columns and lines cannot contain His grace, cannot, even to the nth degree, hope to define His mercy. The stone drops from my hand. I am the innkeeper. The rooms of my life and heart overcrowded and full. Life, age, and circumstances, not to mention the dizzying rush of the times, filling every nook and cranny. I almost hopelessly shrug him off. No room here, no strength to open the door. Yet a longing to fulfill destiny drives me to make a place for him, to find a way to keep him close at all costs. 
I am the star. People walking in darkness, searching the skies, looking for the hope I was created to display. Lift up your heads. Let's go worship him, our promised redemption. All for your name, Lord, for your acclaim and your fame on the earth. I am Mary, bewildered and overwhelmed at the invitation of God on my life. Him, whose words I have hidden in my heart. How can this possibly be? I question God's reasoning, his trust in me at all. But at his relentless, loving pursuit, I concede with a tentative sigh. Then may it be unto me as you have said, I am your servant. I say yes. I am Joseph, whose goodness as a moral and loving man can be so ill-spoken of. My motives and very character questioned in light of my obedient participation in the plan that I might risk so much in spite of possible loss of reputation, possibly friends and family, even all for the glory of God. May it be said of me that I please the Father. I am the shepherd, kneeling low, sore, afraid for the dazzling, brilliant power of the revelation of glory. The ear-splitting loudness of it roaring through my frame, everything being promised by the heavenly host, too strong to comprehend. I need him. God has seen me. He has heard my cry. He has thundered in response. Good news, great joy, a savior is born today. I am of the angels, singing of God's great love a messenger of the joy of my salvation, spreading the great, great promise of his love. Don't be afraid, fear not. I announce his goodwill and his peace toward those who dwell beside me on earth. I am a wise man. Having seen and followed your star, I bring my gold, my greatest treasure, my family, my belongings, all that I am, or have, or ever will be, or possess, and bowing down, I place them at your feet. Everything I have is from you. There is nothing of it that I desire besides you. Please receive all that I place here as my offering. I worship you. I am a wise man. I bring my incense pouring out my prayers and petitions to you. And like the love you have shown for me, I pour out my life for my family and friends. And I ask you from the deepest recesses of my heart to mend and repair relationships, bring healing for hurt, beauty for ashes, and rejoicing for mourning. And may this prayer be true and uncontrived, and may it be pure and not for self-gain. May it be a sweet-smelling offering to you. I worship you. I am a wise man. I carry myrrh, the embalming oil. I fall face down, bowing as low as I can, the oil spilling to the ground. I have nothing in my hands but bondages of sin and death and my own feeble attempts to save myself. But I give it to you 
and you raise up the dangling ring of keys to death, hell, and the grave that were taken by force when you led me from my captivity and set me free. And in place of a balm that cannot heal the ripped scars on my nearly fatally wounded soul, you pour a fresh oil on my head. Eternal life is established, and I am set free from the law of sin and death forever. I worship you. I am the Nativity. What an amazing gift God has given us in the person of Jesus. The heart of Christmas is God's incredible generosity toward us. And part of his generosity toward us is manifest in this beautiful thing called the church. God never intended for us, any of us, to do the Christian life on our own. He wants us to follow him as a family. Now, look, I know I'm biased, but what an amazing family God has established here at Christ Community. God has given this church a unique place in the lives of so many people in our community and around the world. Through our Caring Connection Ministry, which is a part of our general budget, we've been able to help hundreds of people and families with utility bills and food and counseling to help keep their marriages together, providing support for those struggling with things like depression or anxiety or despair. Through our worship services, we are providing opportunity for people to encounter Jesus and to experience him in real ways. Every week, I'm talking to people who are experiencing Jesus at work in their lives. It is so inspiring to me. We had 67 people who got baptized this past year, which is so cool. Our children and student ministries are helping raise up a generation of young people who know they are loved by Jesus and who want to follow him with all of their being. Through our weekly groups, hundreds of people are experiencing community and connection, growing in their relationship with Jesus. And that's just the local stuff. Through our International Training Institute, this church is helping fuel a movement of leadership training that literally is empowering thousands of leaders around the world every year. And many of them are young, dynamic followers of Jesus. You can see in the impact report in your newsletter, some of the stories and the numbers of, of people that this church is influencing and impacting. Now, what makes all of that possible is people who, out of their own love for Jesus, choose to steward their God-given resources by giving financially to this church that they love. I mean, that combination of love for Jesus fueling our generosity creates this powerful synergy of kingdom momentum and activity that all of us get to be a part of. So because this is a regular weekend worship service, even though it falls on Christmas Eve, we wanted to take a few moments in this service to provide opportunity for us to open our hearts to God in this area of generosity and to say yes to however he might be inviting us to give and to invest in his work through this church. There are various ways you can give. You can text to give. There's a QR code on the back of the seat in front of you that will direct you to our website. You can use our app. You can use our giving stations in the lobby. Thank you for your love for this church and for your desire to see this church be all that God is calling us to be. Thank you for your generosity. So I'd like to lead us in a prayer for these things. 
So Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. What an amazing gift. And thank you for your provision in our lives. Father, we pray for those who are struggling financially that you would provide for them. We ask you to open doors for jobs for those who are needing employment. We ask for supernatural provision. And Father, we thank you for the truth that everything we have is yours. We are simply managers of your resources. So we ask you to help us manage those resources in a way that honors your lordship and your heart. Help all of us grow in the joy of generosity, the joy of putting you first in our finances, and the joy of investing in your kingdom work through our church family. We pray for your provision, for the vision that you've given us as a church to continue to love people, to help them find wholeness in you, and to equip them to carry your presence wherever they go, creating a gospel movement in our city, our region, and our world. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So coming out of this message, we hope you feel encouraged on this Christmas Eve. And if through this holiday season, you would like to chat with somebody, we do have a chat button on our website. Feel free to use it. Somebody on the other side would love to talk with you, pray with you. Feel free to also email us at the church. Uh, we are here for you. So we wish you a Merry Christmas and have a great rest of your week.